Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, the place of parents who need to catch a break, have a laugh and learn along the way. Bree James here with you today and we're going to chat to the lovely Julian Noland about the importance of the relationship between your child and you and the effects of harmful and nurturing communication and what it has upon them. Now, your words become the inner dialogue that your children will use to describe themselves and their world, not only now, but in the future. So are you a champion? Are you compassionate, critical, harsh, or apathetic? All these styles of communication will color the relationship you form with your child and ultimately the relationship they have with themselves. So let's get Julia Noland on Zoom to explain to us some examples of harmful and nurturing communication, as well as sharing her tips for improving our relationship with our children. So let's get her on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Julia, how does the communication I have with my child affect my relationship with them in the short term and obviously in the long term? Because I I know, you know, as parents, sometimes we're a bit distracted. We can be a bit short sometimes with our kids and Mm. sometimes, um, you know, we maybe tell them too much. So um, how does the communication that we have with our child impact them, though? Yeah, so there's there's two things that are going to impact the... um, I guess, the, the growth of the child. And one is um, their nature, so their temperament. But the other one is the nurture. So that's how we can influence um, our child, child is how we nurture them. And that is, um, you know, through the, the words that we use um, and the behaviour that we have towards our child. So um, the relationship is important um, because if, if you want a child to kind of um, listen, understand, follow rules, um, they're more likely to do that when you have a warmth, um, a warm, clear, compassionate behaviour with towards them. So the relationship is warm, it's compassionate versus more of an authoritarian. So versus just focusing on the behaviour. The other thing to um, think about is the words that we use will end up being the kind of internal dialogue that our children will have growing up. So how we see them and how we view them, they will start to see and view themselves the same way. So when we use languages like, what are you doing that for? Um, You know, that implies that they're wrong or they're doing something wrong. Um, And that's something that they will start, if they hear it enough, they'll start to embed that into their own psyche. So they'll start being harsh and critical on themselves as well. And I guess before we keep going, I just want to say that um, there is no such thing as perfect parenting Um, and that, you know, it's really important just to strive for good enough, good enough parenting. Meeting meeting the relationship needs at least 30% of the time is, is considered good enough parenting. Because it's not easy um, being a parent. No, not at all. Um, it is one of the hardest jobs you'll ever love. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, and I like that 30%. That makes me feel a lot better. Uh, <laughs> us are striving for that perfect parenting. Um, and it's just unachievable, totally unachievable. You know, you think you're doing good and then their little personalities can just take over. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and striving for the perfect parent sets you and your child up for something so much more that is undesirable. Because if you're, if you're striving to be perfect, then the behaviour that you're modelling to them is you need to be perfect. You need to get it right. And if, you, if, you, if you're not right, you're not perfect, then, you know, um, what are you? Yep. So, so it is about recognising, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to try and get it right mo- most of the time, but I'm not going to get it right all the time. And if I don't, then I need to repair. Um, so I need to make sure that we're okay. Because children are becoming less resilient, I guess, and I think that's one of the things is maybe our generation are trying to be perfect parents. Absolutely, we are. And there's there's lots of studies, and um, please don't quote me on this one, but I'm pretty certain it's, it's um, you know, we are spending at least three to five hours more a week Um, you know, um, doing extracurricular activities, doing homework and things like that with our kids compared to our parents' generation. So our parents weren't spending as much time as we are on trying to grow, develop and and nurture the the children. Um, So, you know, we're all busy because most of us all work, we have kids and then we put the pressure on ourselves to make sure that you know, that our kids are fitting into this ideal of, um, you know, playing sport, playing music, doing arts, doing, you know, all of those things that we believe they need to do. Yeah, it's certainly a juggle, but, you know, everyone listening, 30%, that's all we have to do. We have to meet 30% of their needs, not 100, not 90, not 80, 30%. Of their, sorry, emotional needs. Their emotional needs, oh. Yes. Yes, because <laughs> 30% of their needs, what is that? Just a bit of water, a bit of bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. their emotional needs. So tell me more about children's emotional needs. What are they and what, what would, you know, what are they and what do we need to be doing? Yeah, so um, I guess if we, if we look at little, little children, um, toddlers, I think the correct term is, um, so they don't actually understand what emotions are. Like no one knows what they are until we are told, right? That's anger, that's sadness, that's annoyance, that's joy, that's love. So as humans, we have to be taught what emotions are. We feel them and, um, you know, toddlers and infants don't actually have a filter. So they, they really feel it. Oh, they feel anger. So it's about actually um, there's a term called emotion coaching. And so it's the idea that we become the emotion coach. So we help coach our children through emotions and help them problem solve. So sometimes you might see um, like a a toddler who's, you know, trying to get two blocks together or or trying to tie their shoelaces up and they're trying and they might start getting frustrated and maybe they throw things or they, they have a little tantrum. 
And so it's quite natural as adults to go tantrum, yuck, I don't like that, stop that behaviour immediately. Um, But what's actually happening in their little world is they're trying to achieve something to solve a problem they can't and they're experiencing the frustration over that. So an emotion coach recognises, okay, this is what's happening in their world, right? So, oh, you know, you're trying to solve a problem. It's really, that's really frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, I, I get frustrated when, you know, I have, when things are tricky too, but let's do this together. So it's really about identifying what's happened, how it's making them feel, but then also letting them know that it's okay, they're okay, and you can help them through this. So another example might be you're at the park or you've picked the kids up from school on a Friday afternoon, you've gone to the park, they're playing with their mates, and then you're like, okay, it's time to go home because I have to start cooking dinner. And they have, you know, they get really angry and they just start yelling or they're running away from you. Um, And what can happen is we have an emotional reaction. So as parents, we think, oh, this is so frustrating. I don't have time for this. I don't have tolerance for this. So we become angry at them. Um, So we need to recognize what am I feeling in this situation, but then also what's happening for them. So they're having the time of their life. They're playing with their friends. They don't want it to end. And here we are saying it's time to end. So just to, you know, if we can kind of put how we feel about it aside as much as we can and just kind of see it from their point of view of you're having so much fun. It's great hanging out with Tommy, Jamie, whoever, Um, you know, we'll see them again. We'll organize another play date, but it's time to come home. Um, And yes, you may have a tussle. You may still get still, still get frustrated, but as long as you let them know, I see what's happening. I see how it's leaving you feeling and I will help you through this. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the emotional world of your child. So when we're not always going to get it right. We're not always going to be able to put our feelings aside. We're not saints. We're not all incredibly patient. Well, I'm not a saint. I'm not incredibly patient. I don't know about anyone else. <laughs> So as parents these days are certainly none of those things. We try, we try, <laughs> but we've got too many things to be patient with. It can get a bit overwhelming sometimes. Exactly. So as long as we're able to do that at least 30% of the time, a um, little bit more is wonderful, but trying to do it 90% of the time, so that's going over into a slightly dysfunctional way of seeing it. So we don't want to go under, like too much under, and we don't want to go too much over. Really great insight there. I think we're all learning something as parents here because it is it is a challenge. I think those those times that our children challenge us and how we deal with them is right. It's it's not not easy sometimes. So can you tell me a bit more about harmful communication? Because obviously it's these times where we are stretched that we do do harmful communication with our children. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you give us some examples of, of nurturing com- uh, communication as well? Yeah. So I guess. Um, you know, if we all kind of think about growing up ourselves. So if you kind of think about hanging out at your friends' houses and the way that your friends' parents spoke to them, because that's the way that you can kind of, when you hang out with your friends um, at their homes and you see the way that that family interacts, it can be so different from your own. But sometimes it's easy to identify, oh, like their parent is, you know, their dad's really strict, 
um, or let's go hang out at their house because, you know, their parents are really, like, cool and they don't care as much, they're a bit laissez-faire. So um, I guess the thing is, is, is thinking about those, those kind of typical parents. Um, so you, you don't want to be so, a parent who's um, too authoritative. So that is, like, um, quite rigid, quite stern, um, you know, and having no tolerance, no patience. And so they're the kind of people who might um, dismiss how the child is feeling, like stop crying, that kind of thing. Like don't cry, um, don't get angry. So really like I, you can't have those feelings. Um, and then you might have someone who, um, you know, may go one step further and, and kind of, um, belittle the child so there might be they might say something like stop being a baby stop crying don't be such a baby don't be a wuss those kind of things where um, you know you, you're kind of actually criticizing the child's character so you can make a complaint about behavior but avoid criticizing the character or the personality of the child or the temperament of the child um, and then the other one is the laissez-faire parent and that's the kind of parent who would rather avoid those kind of uncomfortable situation, situations. So if the child wants something, um, they give in. So they might say, no, 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 no. Okay, fine, just take it, just have it, whatever, stop this. Um, you know, if the siblings are fighting over something, it's like, okay, I, you know what, I'll buy both for you, just kind of calm down. And what happens is it doesn't actually set up any boundaries for the child. And no child is going to say, oh, great boundary. Thanks, mum. That's going to help me grow. They're going to kick a stink against the boundaries, but they actually need it to feel safe and secure. So the boundary is, you know, there's a line in the sand, you know, this is acceptable, but beyond that's not. Um, so kids need boundaries, but they need them enforced in a kind of clear, warm, loving way. So if you're listening right now and you're going, you know what, my communication style isn't the best. Some of the examples that you gave, you know, are, are me. So how can we improve our communication style if we've realised from listening to your advice today that it's not the best? Yeah, so I guess the thing is, is that um, to remember again that you're not always going to get it right. Um, but the, f the first and foremost I think is tuning into what's going on with us. Like um, anytime I'm going to be talking about kids, I will always say it starts with us as parents. So it's about figuring out what is going on for me. So, um, you know, it, it may be um, I'm really frustrated. I'm really overwhelmed. So I just actually don't have the capacity to deal with this right now. If it's like that, then it's time out for mummy and daddy. Like we can put ourselves in time out. Um, and that is just to kind of go, right, I need, I need five minutes or I need five seconds just to breathe, to calm down, to not feel so overwhelmed. Um, it, and, again, it's, it's just about, um, you know, kids need us to be bigger, wiser, stronger and kind. So it's, it's about kind of um, being kind, watching our tone, 
so so when I say being kind, it's like, um, you know, it's it's just little things like instead of saying um, stop hitting your brother, it's like hands to ourselves, you know, instead of get your feet off the table, it's feet are on the floor. So it's sometimes it's just about changing and just experimenting and changing the way that you actually talk to your child. Um, you know, if they keep repeating a question to you, um, mum, can I have this? Mum, can I have this? Mum, can I have this? Mum, then it, then you just repeat, look, buddy, you've asked and I've answered, like asked and answered, asked and answered, so that you are just kind of, instead of getting wild and frustrated is, is that you're just like a broken record saying the same thing again and again. But I think ultimately, apart from all of that, is just recognising those times where maybe you haven't done it the way that you wish you could have or you were like, I could have improved on that or that could have been done better, could handle that better, whatever it is. It's about, okay, I need to repair afterwards. So I need to make sure that me and my little person were okay. That's probably the most important because um, we might rupture any relationship, but we need to learn how to repair it, how to go back and say, you know, um, I'm, you know, I, I got really frustrated there and, you know, I lost my cool and I'm sorry I lost my cool. Um, let's talk about it. And so it, it gives them a chance to have a voice and talk about, you know, what they're feeling or what happened for them. Um, and then you can kind of talk about where you're coming from. But as, as long as at the end you guys feel connected again, that's probably the most important part for them. Because we, we all lose our cool at some point with our kids. They just, you know, we're human beings, I guess, and there's only so much we can tolerate, in, you know, especially in these times. At the moment, it's quite stressful, I think, for everybody. Um, especially you know it's for the children as well so it's quite easy that our emotions get the better of us sometimes so if we feel like we've damaged the relationship we've had that that moment what's your best advice there for parents that are feeling like they did say do the wrong thing and can do better yeah it's it's to wait until um you know they um are feeling like that they have calmed down themselves um and it is to approach the child and to, um, you know, to, to work on that, you know, um, because, you know, in a way what we're modelling to them is um, no one's perfect. We don't always get it right. Um, I have bad days too. It's okay to have a bad day. But, um, you know, it isn't okay to... Um, you know, swear or call names or things like that. Like it depends on, on what's happening. Um, if you feel like you are just losing your cool a lot and you are being hypercritical of your little person and you need help, then by all means just like reach out to, to an organisation or to someone to, to have help around why am I feeling so overwhelmed and why am I taking that overwhelm on my, out on my child. But if it is just the fact that um, you've, you're finding particularly, you know, depend on, depends on, yeah, what's happening in the world, um, what's happening in your world, what's happening in your little person's world, um, it could just be, you know, um, noticing the positive things that they're doing. 
So, um, you know, outside, like, you, so if you repair, so you, you go, okay, let's talk about this and we're, we're good. And then afterwards, you know, for a little while, just notice the positive things that they're doing and actually highlight to them. So um, there's research that shows for every one negative interaction, we need five positives. And that goes for all relationships. That goes for your romantic relationship as well as your relationship with your kids. So, okay, you know what? We've had a cracker of a fight. Um, We've repaired. We're both in a, feel like we're in a good place. But now we need to make sure that we're kind of adding to that emotional bank account. So, you know, it's it's about, um, you know, let's go to the park. Let's kick, kick a ball. Let's spend time together. Um, because for kids, int- depending on their age, intimacy is built up through play. Um, so if they're a little bit older, you know, maybe they do love playing sport or going for a swim. So it's about, you know, encouraging those positive interactions together. And the more you build those up, so think of it like a bank account, you know, that, so when this happens all the time, it's not just when we have a fight, all the time we're adding um, deposits to our emotional bank account because when we have those interactions that aren't the greatest, that's withdrawing from our emotional bank account. But we've, if we've already made deposits, then it's not putting us into the red. I love it. Perfect uh, note to end on. So how we can increase the relationship with our child and, you know, how we can improve our harmful versus nurturing communication. Thank you so much, Julia, for your amazing insights on today's show. Not a problem. If you're loving the PacMag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow PacMag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? Okay, I learned a lot today. Number one was if you are wanting your child to do something or follow instructions, they are more likely to follow through when they are met with a warm and compassionate relationship towards them versus a more authority and driven behavior. Uh, The words we use will end up being the internal dialogue for our children when growing up. So how we view our child will be transformed into how they view themselves. So like Julia mentioned, using phrases like, what are you doing that for? Implies that they are doing it wrong. So the more we use this term, the more they will reflect towards themselves and become harsh on their actions and themselves. So it's important that we really watch our language and how we say things. Uh, Number two was emotion coaching. So we as parents need to become the emotion coach for our younger children. So we need to coach our children through their emotions. So following Julia's steps, we need to, number one, recognize what's happening in their world. Number two, identify what has happened and how it's making them feel. And three, remind them that you can help them through this emotion and that it's okay to feel the way they're feeling. And number three, like Julia said, anything about the behavior of your child always starts with you. So you need to be in tune with yourself and listen to what your body is telling you. If you're finding that you don't have time or capacity for the bad behavior your child is displaying, then it's time for you to take a time out for yourself and breathe and calm down because your child needs you to be bigger, wiser, stronger, and kinder. So most important is that we are aware of how to repair the relationship after an incident where we felt we could have handled it better um, and check in with your little one and explain how you were feeling at that time. 
And lastly, always remember that there's no such thing as a perfect parent. Uh, nobody's perfect, but as parents, we should be, you know, striving uh, for good enough parenting, um, which is meeting the emotional needs of your child at least 30% of the time. That's considered good parenting. So that's, I reckon we can all do that 30% of the time. Well, that's the end of another show. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed putting it together for you. Remember, any important links can be found in the show notes. A huge thanks to Julia Nolan for all of her incredible insights today. Uh, I hope you got something out of what she had to say. But a big thank you to everyone else. And thank you for listening. Until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.